But what Sarah didn't know is that the night before our wedding, rather than going out and drinking, I stayed up, I think, till like six in the morning programming the chandelier for our wedding. <laughs> and this is right, says how nerdy I am. So, so what happened is each mason jar could change any color. And so, what happened is our first dance was to Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. And like, Two thirds of the way through the song, the chandelier is just white, it's just like a normal light. And then two thirds of the way through, the whole thing starts changing these rainbow colors, and it's synchronized to our music, to our first dance, which nobody wow. saw coming. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Now, Sarah, your response to that could have been either, "Oh, jeez, he <laughs> just he just," did that. or it was like, "Oh, that's really cool." No, what was your response? I was super impressed, and I I, I was more surprised than I probably should have been. <laughs> um, but I knew he was building the chandelier, uh, and I knew roughly what it was going to look like too, because we had kind of. She had to about approve that. of that part. She um, wasn't just going to let me do it. Yeah, I knew he wanted to, he wanted to do some type of technical element. And he was like, "Let me build the chandelier." So I was like, "Okay, that's fine," and you know, yeah, we kind of planned it out. But as far as the changing colors and the pixel mapping, programming, yeah, it. complete surprise. Yeah. It, was, it was really awesome. It was a super special moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually right, but that's <laughs> not going to happen. Never, no way. Let's go back. Don't share that story. Hang on. Did I go too fast? You just jumped to purpose, which is you. You're a visionary. I see your connection here. <laughs> Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work podcast. This is your co-host, Jeff. Oh, I see what you did there. You, so I'm the host now? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Say your name. Oh, and this is Andre. This is the Jeff and Andre show. <laughs> I think it's great that Jeff comes first. Oh, I feel like that is symbolic for our whole life. Right there. Oh, right there. Is that the symbolism? Jeff comes first. Ooh. Ooh. You, you just, could preach on that. That could go for days. <laughs> I could go for days. Y'all want to talk about this? Is this what we're going to talk about instead of our podcast? I don't want to talk. Is this what we're going to talk about? No. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Let me change it. Welcome to the Andre Schinnebarger show with a little bit of Jeff on the side. <laughs> How does that sound? Much better. Thank All you. Right. Thank That's you. Fine. Where are we going here? Okay. Lead, lead, us, lead us. I'm just your, I'm like your sous chef over here. All right, today we interviewed this great couple, Nick and Sarah, and uh, this is for all the couples that are in those first years, those first years of marriage, those first years, they have a one-year-old daughter, it's in the the beginning stages of Mm -hmm. all the family and business. It ain't easy. And even... Those Nobody said that, having a baby was going to be easy. And those people that are even just thinking about when is the right time to have that baby. It's, it's for all the beginnings. So we want um, you all to listen. And then for those of us that are further along, it was still really good. Yeah, it was pretty authentic really and good. honest. Uh, but you're going to tell us about these people? Yeah. So Nick and Sarah, they are the founders of MEP. Tick, which is a like an arts and ent- entertainment company that does video, visual, motion graphics, and basically they create experiences that uh, drive human connection. And and their stuff is ridiculously cool. 
I mean, you just need to go to this Metic Instagram and your kind of the mind. visual it's a bit graphics are going to change your life. Really? Change your life. I mean, they're just that's you do your eyes kind of go whoa how did they do that is that guy standing? i feel like i'm in a daze after i watched all it's amazing yeah it's it's, super creative it's a little trippy sometimes all right jeff what should we be listening for number one roadies life on the road number two there's never a right time to have a baby and number three she kind of knew he was into her yeah that was like she was like yeah i mean I knew he was into me. I loved it when she said that. <laughs> you just gave it all away. Well, that's fine. No, I didn't give the whole episode away. All right. It was so, just a teaser. That was a good that was the, a teaser. Yeah, nobody likes a tease. Or everybody right. likes a teaser. All right. not a tease. You are rambling on long enough. <laughs> and as the host oh. of this show, I'm gonna take us away to Nick and Sarah. took some trying, some doing, I think. We met kind of years before we started dating and before we got married. And uh, when we met, I had a long-term girlfriend. You had a long-term boyfriend. And we met professionally working. So we used to work, simply put, doing like video production for summer camps. And I worked there full-time. Sarah contracted for a while. And we met, kind of met again later, kind of started becoming friends. I basically told her, hey, you should go break up with your boyfriend. That's kind of like partially true. And I thought she was cute, you know, but I've had this, we had these relationships. And moving forward in time, years later, we're both single. I was living in Nashville at the time. Sarah was living in Atlanta. And, you know, we're single and I've always had an interest in her. So what I did is I basically made this weekend with two of our mutual friends, who a couple that's married. And we basically made this weekend in Nashville where I used the two of them to convince her to come visit me because she would never come visit me just by herself. So I had to convince our friends to convince her that we come to Nashville and have this weekend so that I could profess my love to you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no expectations. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, guess so. <laughs> I mean, it worked out, what, eight years later? So she came to Nashville and we had this fun weekend and basically... To make a long story short, I was like, we had this night. We kind of went out to dinner and whatnot. I was like, I like you. Well, it started with you said, oh, I texted with my ex-boyfriend. And that is what tipped it off. Is I was like, you need to delete that guy's number and never talk to him again because you should date me. And that's what started the whole thing. (laughs) And how do you feel about him telling you to uh, delete your ex? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we had just been talking about relationships in general, which is how that came up. I think at that point, so we had been friends for several years from my perspective. And uh, I knew he was into me because, you know, he would just text randomly periodically. And it was always just, you know, like I just could kind of read between the lines. (laughs) But I always considered him a very good friend. I was super friend zone for years. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it was good. I mean, you know, like we would hang out when we saw each other, you know, professionally and then, you know, as friends as well. But I think something just kind of started changing that year for me. And so by the time the Nashville trip happened, I pretty much knew that, you know, (laughs) he was was, contriving (laughs) that to get some one-on-one time. But I think at that point I was ready for it, you know, and so... 
Yeah. Whenever we had that big conversation, uh, I was starting to feel the same way. And yeah. We started dating after that. And I was still living in Nashville. And the, the story I tell people is so from the time we, we knew each other, dated, and then got married, the single longest span of time Sarah and I ever spent together was our honeymoon. So we had never been in the same place for more than, I think, three days once, right? It was like three days um, because she was down here going to grad school at SCAD in Atlanta. And um, I, at the time, my background is I was a roadie. So I toured with bands across the country, around the world. So most of my time in us dating was like, I was in weird places. It was weird hours of the night. I'd call you at like midnight as we got done with a show, things like that. And so, you know, we kind of pushed through that um, for about two and a half years and then kind of finally just made the decision. We kind of flipped a coin between Nashville and Atlanta and Sarah had a bit going for her in Atlanta. And then I moved, ended up moving down here and uh, been here ever since. So you're on your honeymoon. It's your longest time yeah. together. Did that, how'd that go? Yeah, how did that work? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think we were really nervous about it, or at least yeah. maybe I should say I was a little bit nervous about it just because you know, you have a weekend here, you have a, you know, couple yeah. days there. Um, so I felt like it was going to be a real test of our now marriage at that point. <laughs> but uh, honestly, it was great. Like, I don't even remember getting yeah. into like one major fight the whole time. I think it we were just like kind of relieved to like finally be in the, in same, the same place. place. And yeah. since we were both freelancing at the time, we both had just kind of like told everybody we're not taking work from the time. And so we didn't really have any other responsibilities holding us down. So yeah. we could really just kind of relax and enjoy it, which was amazing. And I should say one, one little asterisk is, so we took a one month honeymoon, which was a really big thing is we had kind of really prepared for that because I really feel like honeymoon is like such a special time in your life where the world kind of knows to leave you alone more than any other type of vacation or holiday um, is like, mm -hmm. we basically kind of saw that and was like, we need to take advantage of that. We need to clear our schedules, clear our time. And we basically took this trip. We took two weeks international, two weeks domestically. Like it sounds really crazy over the top. It really wasn't in terms of just like saving, planning for it. But I, I tell so many people, like I recommend it because it was just such a great like bonding time of like getting to learn how to like explore, travel, how we handle situations together, all those things, but also a time to relax together, which was just so great. And so it was like, I think it was like a really great time. It's like we kind of had never been together and then we had 30 days together to kind of like figure all this out. That's good advice. So you have now been together, what? We were married six years in August. Okay. And you have one baby. How old yeah, is your, one baby. Is it your daughter? Uh -huh, yeah. We have a daughter, Ada Grace. Mm -hmm. She She's, just turned one last week. Yeah. You're in business together um, and you have kind of this creative agency that I'm probably going to not explain it great, but that, that works on a lot of productions and does super high level animations in all different forms. Um, so and, creative. Yeah, super creative. Uh, when you got engaged, this is just, did you create a pixel mapping of an entire building to ask her to marry you. I mean, is that kind of far off? He did so, so our work in some way. It wasn't to that extent, this is, but it was also pretty impressive. This is the thing with. when, when all of your groomsmen are roadies, uh, you get pretty creative uh, at our wedding. And so we got, we got married in, you know, 
the hipster centric wedding, married under a tree, ceremony, Sarah's laughing at me, ceremony reception <laughs> in a barn, reclaimed barn. But what I did is I built this surprise to her, which was it was a 60 mason jar chandelier that spiraled over the main like dance floor of the wedding. And the, shan- <laughs> the chandelier, one of my groomsmen is a carpenter, so set builder. And him and I basically went to his shop in Birmingham for like two weeks and built this chandelier. And it basically, like when you walked in, it just looked like this really chandelier. But what Sarah didn't know is that the night before our wedding, rather than going out and drinking, I stayed up, I think, till like six in the morning programming this chandelier for our wedding. <laughs> and this is probably I says how nerdy I am. Chandelier. Uh, I just, yeah, I didn't so, know. So the extent of it. what happened is each mason jar could change any color. And so what happened is our first dance was to wow. Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes. And like two thirds of the way through the song, the chandelier is just white. It's just like a normal light. And then two thirds of the way through, the whole thing starts changing these rainbow colors. And it's synchronized to our music, to our first dance, which nobody wow. saw coming. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. Now, Sarah, your response to that could have been either, oh, geez, he <laughs> just, he just did that. Or it was like, oh, that's really cool. No. <laughs> what was your response? I was super impressed. And I, I, I was more surprised than I probably should have been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew he was building the chandelier. Uh, and I knew roughly what it was going to look like, too, because we had kind of She had to about approve that. of that part. She um, wasn't just going to let me do it. Yeah, yeah I knew he wanted, to, he wanted to do some type of technical element. He was like, let me build the chandelier. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And, you know, yeah, we kind of planned it out. But as far as the changing colors and the pixel mapping, Programming yeah, it. complete surprise. Yeah. It, was, it was really awesome. It was a super special moment. Yeah. So we talked about how you guys work together. Did you start your company together? Has this been together from the get-go? Did you join forth later? How did you guys decide to work together? Basically happened, I was freelancing motion graphics at the time. Um, I have my master's in motion graphics from SCAD. Um, And so I had been doing that and I ended up forming an LLC on my own just to run my projects through. And at the time, Nick was touring on the road. Um, And so when we got married, uh, I was still freelancing. He was still touring. And he ended up getting offered a tour that would have taken him on the road for pretty much most of the year. I think we would have seen each other maybe like once a month. We'd been married for a couple of days for the whole first year of our marriage. And we were like, I just don't know if this is the right time to do something like that. And I should say that was... I love touring. Like it's a very different life, but I loved on the road. I loved doing concerts. It was like a life I stumbled into and I just loved it. And so we kind of had an agreement when we got married is I wanted to tour for about another five years. And she was very supportive of, of that. So I should kind of say that is like, we knew it kind of wasn't ideal, but there was like, there were like a couple tours that I was really hoping to get on like selfishly. And so some of those didn't come through. And then we got this offer to go back out with an artist I toured with. And we kind of sat there at this, this kind of pivoting point of like, like Sarah said, I didn't want to be gone almost nine months straight right out of the gate. I was kind of like, I would rather figure out how to kind of be here with you more, share time together more. And so we kind of started there. If Sarah had the company going, I was kind of like, I want to do something different. And then that was kind of the pivoting point that yeah. And you started saying, okay, well, I'll take some more um, one-off freelance gigs rather than tours. And then from there, 
you know, you were starting to do that. I was still continuing and we were like, well, it'd be cool if we started working on projects together. So then we started trying to get on projects together. Um, And then that started happening more and more. And we were just like, you know, like, why don't we just funnel you all your project through my LLC? And then that kind of became like, oh, well, maybe we should actually turn this into more of a business. Yeah. Um, So from there, we ended up renaming it. Uh, and then being like, okay, well now we have this company, we're getting these projects, you know, let's hire our friends to help us. And then that we started growing more freelancers Started going. and then after that we we're like, okay, well we need full-time employees now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just kind of got to this point. Yeah. Pre COVID. So then you have a, yeah, then you have a baby. Yep. Right. Yep. And that just shifted everything. It seems like, so talk us yep. through like. Last year, it sounded like it was a challenging year. Um, and obviously, expanding into a family, especially in the production world, is not yeah. easy, right? Yeah. So the thing I think I'll start with with having a, uh, having the baby is we always knew we wanted to have a family, but there was a lot of tension, I think, just in the the thought of, you know, when are we going to be ready to have a kid? And I was very much on the I'm never ready side of things. And I should say a few things that is, you know, we didn't get married till I was 30, Sarah was 28. So kind of on the the older spectrum. And then we didn't have Ada till uh, what 34 and 32. So kind of being later on the spectrum, the one thing that kind of happened for me is like, the older you get, it's easier to really get kind of set in your ways of like, you know, I was like really enjoying kind of just the time with the two of us, having the company, having the team. And so I was kind of like, just kind of kept wanting to push it back. Like, you know, we'll have a family eventually. We'll have a family eventually. Like, let's just keep doing this. We have our hands full, these kind of things. So I was always in this never ready boat. And I think the, the kind of starting point to that is, so two days before we found out that Sarah was pregnant, we were actually out and about like, and got into this, we were like, I think having dinner, we were sitting there, we we're sitting there talking. We basically got into like kind of a fight about like, I'm never going to be ready to have kids basically. And then, and then Monday morning, we find out that we're yeah, pregnant. officially pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, very much like, we were always kind of in that tension of like, when are we going to be ready? You know, when are we going to be ready? Because you're always like, there's always something else. There's always something else that fills your time and takes your priorities. And especially driving a studio and team and company and all these things, just it's so easy the older you get to just see that as like almost kind of like your family. It's like you you put so much time and effort into that to some extent. And and Sarah, so this happens. Um so Sarah, this this you get have this intense conversation. Two days later, you read this test and where does that leave you oh I think it was really interesting because I I think we both had been like when we got married we were like okay we're gonna wait five years before we even think about kids like we're gonna focus on our careers we're gonna focus on our business um and as we started getting close to those five years it was really kind of a reevaluation of like are, are we ready for this now like is this what we're gonna do like like you know we're also starting to get a little bit older so we need to think about that too and I should say that we were kind of, we were open to it, but we weren't necessarily like planning for it. So we were, it was a little bit of a shock when we found out. Um, And I think it was just kind of one of the things, one of those things where it just forces you to be like, okay, this is our new reality. This is what we have to deal with. All right, we're moving forward. How do we make this 
yeah. work in our life now. Yeah. I think the, the funny story to the, to the actual shock is we went to, we go like our birthdays are five days apart in September. So every year we go in for like a physical checkup and we went in and I go in, you know, separately from Sarah and then we go back to the car and we're like driving to the office and I'm like, so I just start rambling as I normally do. And I'm like, so my, they checked this and they did this and they did this and this and this and this, you know, and I'm just kind of going and Sarah just looks at me and goes, so I'm pregnant. <laughs> and that was like how we found out. And I was just like, what? And so you, I think you asked the doctor like yeah, three times, like, are you sure? She, I mean, I asked her like three times and asked her if she was sure. And she's like, I'm pretty sure this is a very <laughs> accurate test. Uh, so yeah, it definitely took some time to set in. Right. So how was that first year adjusting with the baby? It it was a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. I think for us, it was just, we had always hoped to try to get our business in a little bit more of a stable place before we had kids. Um, and we had, I think so many entrepreneurs face this, like you hire your staff, but then somehow you still feel like, you know, you're doing a whole lot. There's always one more thing that's on your shoulders. Now it's like you hand something off and then something new, um, always takes its place. And so we felt like we had not really gotten the company to the point where it was running as self-sufficiently as we had hoped we would by we got, by the time we got to that point. Um, but we kind of had no choice, you know, we were, the train was rolling at that right. point. So when she was born, it was just, we ended up having kind of this whole storm happen where we had our biggest project that we had ever had. Biggest project the company ever had was three weeks in, three weeks after the baby was born. So mm-hmm. huge project with both owners of the company out. <laughs> so we had basically been out kind of rolling into that. And then like, you know, we're in the hospital and like massive decisions are getting needing to be made about things. And the team still had a, a, a bit of reliance on us. So like massive, you know, executive level things, they were still like texting me. So like we're in the hospital, you know, Sarah's like going through labor and I'm literally like over on a couch, like having to slack with the team and respond about like, they're piling up questions and things like that. And so it's just like, that kind of started, I would say, the avalanche on that side. So we, we kind of get home, we start getting settled in. And then it was, I feel like about not even two weeks in, I had to leave for what, 10 days, 12 days or so. I had to just leave to New York to basically kind of like be on the ground with this massive project. So instantly kind of out of the gate is like, you know, we have this new baby, Sarah's adapting, healing. And then I just have to be gone, you know, and we, we kind of both knew it as part of the territory and especially having a studio that works on live shows and live events. It was just like, well, this is, we, we kind of have to do this. And so I had to go and then, you know, it was just every day at home, I was just having to really like sit and just work with the team and work on things and take phone calls and all this. So it's like, we have literally, we're home a week from the hospital and it's just relentless. You know, and so this this kind of starts. So it's like this project starts, this happens. So we finally make it over the hurdle of the first project. And I think about another four weeks later, we basically had to part ways with two of our employees. And so what instantly happened about not even two months in to having the baby and having to adjust to that 
is we lose two key team members that basically really affect me. So what, what had happened is when your two owners, Sarah's side of the company is really the creative side and mine is the, what we, the technical side of the company. So first of all, is not having Sarah, I'm now the creative director of the company. So the team's looking at me going, can you proof this? Can you check this? And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, Sarah's not here. You know, like I didn't even really register at first that like, oh, I have to do all of her job is everybody's looking at me. Well, then we didn't have a producer anymore. So I don't have someone to answer emails and pick up phone calls. And then one of our, uh, I didn't have one of our onsite people. So now I don't have someone to go out and do some of the event piece. So it was kind of like instantly within like six weeks, eight weeks of having a baby, I'm doing four people's jobs, mine plus three people's. So I literally go from being anywhere present with Sarah to being zero present is I was traveling at like an exponential rate. I was, uh, I mean, I was gone like three days, basically just, you know, gone, 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 having to fill in for, you know, four people's role on our team. And then Sarah's basically just kind of stranded at home with the baby, you know? And so, yeah. So Sarah, where, how did that feel? I, I mean, it was really, it was a tough time, you know, for both of us, because for me, I was trying to figure out life as a new mother, how to take care of a brand new baby, uh, postpartum, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but then at the same time, like I felt the weight of everything Nick was bearing too, because even though I wasn't in the trenches with him, um, I was, you know, right. hearing everything that was happening and it was, I felt like it was weighing on me just as heavily. Right. And um, I was trying to protect you. Like I was trying to really shield a lot of the weight of the company to give Sarah the space. But like Sarah's saying, if she's still in the same boat, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not like I could really fully shield her. It's not like I could just come home from my job and be like, how was work? Well, it sucks. And not share that with her. Everything was still she was in this gravity of effect. You were always affected. You were always, there was always a weight above it, no matter how much I tried to protect her from it. Well, not even that. I mean, you know, like I was on maternity leave at the same time. I was still involved with what the team was doing, you know, like still on Slack with them um, from time to time. And there are times when we had, you know, we had several projects that came through last summer um, that needed help. And so I would try to jump in during nap times and stuff like that. And and help fill in some gaps where I could. So it was a, yeah, it was a super challenging time, I think. And then also just kind of the weight of like, what's next. And this is really hard. And is this even what we want to be doing? Like, you know, is this, if things are going to be this hard, do we keep going with this? It made us question everything. Like, why are we doing this? What are we doing? You know, we felt so confident right before that period. And then the weight, of just so many things came crashing down that we're in now like in this season with this team, short staffed new parents. And we're just like, I mean, I had these moments where I would like sit on the kitchen floor, just like in tears, like literally just sitting there, like crying, like, what are we doing? Like what the crap is going on right now? How do we get a handle on this? I have to get on a plane tomorrow. You know, I can't be here to help you. I can't be here to be around my daughter. It felt, it felt really hard for me because it just felt like I missed like this, this new, this new period of life, like was kind of taken away from me because it was like, I just got so far thrown into the gravity of like survival mode. Like we have to survive this. I have to do this to protect Sarah and like take you know, take the weight off of Sarah. So it just felt like 
this huge burden of just like carrying that, that through this season is like, you know, you see the, with being a new parent, you see the kind of all the, you know, marketing images of like, it's great. And you're going to be home and you're all going to be holding the baby and smiling. And here I'm like, I started a photo album uh, to give you perspective of basically I would take a picture of every time I left our daughter. Like every time I left, I would take a picture just to like look at that picture of her lying in her crib because I was, I was taking so many of those pictures because I was just having to like go, 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 go. And I was like, okay, I took a picture yesterday and I'm on a plane today and then back tomorrow and then I'm on a plane tomorrow. And so it just felt, it was so hard to wrestle that with like, go right before the baby, we felt like the company were doing this, whatever. And then suddenly you have this baby and it's like, why are we doing all of this? And then you're, we're trying to wrestle with it all. And so it was just, it was really hard. Yeah. Sarah, I could tell that you're like, especially in the relationship between the two of you, one of you is obviously more extroverted. One <laughs> is more extroverted. Uh, and so Sarah, I, I have a feeling there are many thoughts that you have within you of the last year. And if, if you were to kind of share like, one that was kind of like an overarching theme that kept coming up. What, what, what would you say about that? I think for us, I think, or at least maybe for me, especially, I think I was just being like, how can we make this sustainable? Like, how do we, how do we make, how do we get through it? And then how do we make it better? Like, and if this isn't going to be better, then what do we do instead? Um, so I think we were just looking at it from a very, we started looking at things from a very pragmatic standpoint of like, okay, who is actually helping us like achieve this? Like the whole goal is, you know, work-life balance. Um, so we were like, all right, this obviously isn't work-life balance. This is, you know, extreme work for Nick. And then for me, kind of extreme life, but also still having, at least when I was on maternity leave, um, you know, but still having the burden of everything that was happening to in the company at the same time. And so we were, do we need to make mm-hmm. staff changes? Um, do we need to say no to certain types of projects? Do we need to say yes to other certain types of projects? And I think that season kind of helped we emerge from that. I don't say, I mean, I think we're still kind of in it to an extent, but we've, we've moved past the hardest part. Um, and then we kind of understood a little more with a little more clarity, what direction we felt like the company needed to go in, um, the types of positions that we needed to hire. And we actually ended up making a lot of changes at the end of last year. We hired, um, like three new people, um, all with varying roles to help kind of where we thought our trajectory should go. Um, we started honing in on the types of projects we wanted to take and, um, just kind of started being more serious about, okay, what should our 2020 look like? Which is ironic now because it's been completely thrown out the window with all the coronavirus <laughs> Totally, stuff. for everybody. But, but you know, something we say a lot to the team is, is like every day you're in business, you need to be learning something. And sometimes the things you learn are great. You know, it's, it's I learned a, a new shortcut, a new way to do this, a new, I met a new person. But sometimes those things are, are this, they're not great. You know, they're really hard things. But what we try to do is, is learn from it is like Sarah said, is we got to the end of the year and thought, okay, how do we, how do we get out of this? What do we need to change? What needs to happen? And even if those changes, you know, take us in a different direction is that that's okay. You know, we learn something about what we don't want to be doing and the things we don't want to happen again. And it really taught us how to, to work towards correcting that, I guess. That's great. So where do you, I mean, I know with this 
COVID thing, it has also thrown another monstrous loop in an event planning organization that is focused especially on live events and things like that. Um, how has this been, this new plot twist in the story? How has this been for you right now? <laughs> Uh, I think sucks. it's been it's been really interesting because we kind of <laughs> felt like we made it over that hurdle of like new parenthood and owning a business. And then I feel like almost like we're right back in that same season. The only difference is that we're not traveling now and our daughter's a little bit older. Yeah, um, this, is, this is now the longest I've ever been home in the time we've ever known each other. Now going on three, I haven't flown since like February. So it's been, that. that's really different. I think... The business side's been a massive, massive hit for us. I mean, we lost everything business-wise. So we've been really just trying to figure out what's next. But in this season, what we've really tried to do is like, you know, enjoy it. I think simply put is we've really tried to enjoy the flip side of it, which is like the fact that we aren't traveling. And what I tell a lot of people is like, this is probably the only time in the world that the entire business world has just like stopped. And, and it's, it's still moving and things are still happening. But for the most part, we're kind of in this pause moment where we can like, you know, we have to figure out what's next. Yes. But we also have these beautiful moments of like, because we've been home, been home every day, we've been able to like go on walks with our daughter every single day. And we've really tried to enjoy like, you know, in an, when the world's back to normal, we're not going to get those moments again to like mm-hmm. just seven days a week, be able to go on a walk and enjoy that. And like, we need to remember that. And so it's kind of, it's like very juxtaposed. It's like, we've lost our work, but we've really tried to enjoy like our life together and the time that we do have, because we didn't have that a year ago when it was just having the kid, having the business, the, all these changes. And so that, that's been really good, but the hard side is what's next. And, you know, the live events world has been hit so hard you know, every person I know is out of work and we're all trying to just, you know, be optimistic, but it's truthfully, it's days are roller coasters. It's some days you can go into and feel really optimistic right now about a phone call and we have a lead on something. And then by dinner time, you're like, what are we going to do? This is hopeless. And so it's really taken a lot of like, for me, especially I would say, and you can have you have your thoughts, but like for me, it's just been, it's been so juxtaposed of a time of like this, these beautiful moments and being together. But then across from that is what on earth are we going to do? Yeah, it does feel, it does feel pretty similar to that other season in some ways, because like Nick's saying, like there are so many beautiful moments, just like there are with new parenthood and, you know, learning your baby for the first time. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, we're at home, you know, there's no, our daughter had been uh, at a daycare and, you know, that's closed now. So we're me primarily, especially is taking on the full responsibility of caring her, caring for her while Nick is on the phone all day, trying to drum up new work, um, you know, new clients, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been a little bit of a shift back to that same season, just out of necessity. Um, And it, it does feel like in some ways we're working harder just as hard as that other season, maybe, except for the the big difference is that we have a really great staff behind us now um, who are really just owning their roles and pushing forward and doing whatever they can to help get us through the season, which has been absolutely amazing. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just been an odd time. I think we're just kind of waiting to see how it'll all unfold while at the same time, like trying our darndest to pivot and come up with something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy in some ways to hear some places just say, well, we pivot and we just do this now instead. And I can't imagine how you pivot with a live entertainment part that's so and it's also kind of sad just thinking about losing live entertainment mm-hmm. don't you think that that feel that connectedness that right. you like that joint experience with like masses of people is something that is really beautiful and it's sad that oh that's yeah changed. I, and even i could see even couples listening right now going Oh, remember that one time we did this thing together and it united us? Like, I think there's things like that that you that concert, yeah, that experience, that thing that happened. There's these emotional connections, yeah, and energy that happens in those environments that you can't. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's a special moment. No, we. That's why we do it. Yeah, that's the reason why we got into this is because, I mean, for me, for example, like I have my master's in motion graphics, as I said, but. I had started in live events, which is the company where I met Nick at. And once I started doing the motion graphics, I was like, I miss the live event side so much because there's just this magic and all these people having this shared experience at once in one moment in time, and then it's gone. And you can orchestrate that moment, you know, for them and that there's so much beauty and excitement in that. Um, And so, you know, losing that, I think for, you know, at least the near future, it's been tough and we're, we're trying to pivot now into virtual events. And we're trying to figure out how do you, you know, how do you recreate that magic? How do you make it special um, from a web standpoint when you're watching something like that? Yeah, it's hard. It's going to be web events and drive-in movie theaters. That's yeah. where we're headed, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I think this leads us to our last question, right? Yeah. And you guys have been living it uh, and trying to figure it out. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy? I think I would say we're still trying to figure that out. (laughs) The biggest thing that I've definitely learned, and I think I already knew coming into this, is that you can't do it alone. Like you have to have help. And uh, whether that's childcare or, you know, help from the work side, for example, having our team, um, I think that's the only really, the only real key to balancing everything is um, having people who can step in and help fill the gaps for you. Yeah. And I would, I say yes is I think yes, but I think to Sarah's point, what we feel is you're only one person. And so you have to really pick and choose, I think, some of your battles. And, you know, like for us to prioritize our family, we have to find people to replace us in our company so that we can have that. Because I don't think you can do, you know, you, you, being, you can't always be a jack of all trades just trying to cover all bases. So do I think you can all do it? Yes, but I think it, it's, there's difficulty in it. So I think that that's the thing for us. Is I, I think yes, but it, there's definitely... Um, so I said yes, and I guess I started saying no, right? So maybe I need... <laughs> that's, that's, that is, listen, welcome that to the club. Welcome. Uh, One day know. we say yes, and then the next day we look at each other and we're like, no, I wonder, it's not going to work. I had, not gonna I had one other question for that. I guess over a year later now after having this baby. Yeah. I'm curious if the, like, if there's a listener, they're about to have their first baby, they're in business. Is there something that you could have done differently? 
because you know what you know now, what you would have done differently. Does that make sense that you yeah. could advise someone else? I know, I know, like you guys even said to us, you're like, we're, we're, we haven't been married that long. We're new parents. Yeah. We're figuring this out. But in the last year, you had to, you figured out a lot right. in real time, you right. know? Um, oh. Is there anything you would have done differently now? That's a good question. Differently, I don't, I don't know if I'd put it that way. I think maybe if I could kind of shift that a little bit to say is like, I think the thing, you know, I wish I had known before is that there's really never a right time for anything. And people say that to you all the time (laughs) about, you know, there's never a right time to have a kid. I feel like I'm the person that can really say that is that there was never a right time to have, to get married, to have a company, to have a kid, all those things. And you just you just have to take that first step at some point. And so maybe the thing I would say back to myself is that there's no really right time for that. And the other thing I think I would say is that like, you know, what we've learned is so much is like how to balance and work each other. And that's the thing I would say about being in business is like, at first we kind of butted heads a lot of like, we Sarah felt like I was stepping on her toes and she was stepping on mine. And then what we've really found now is like, we've started to really find our calling and Sarah's like passion. And she's a lot more passionate as like an entrepreneur and a creative. And I'm way more passionate about like people and uh, innovative technology or like my big areas. And we've really figured that out. And, And in that, I would say is like, these things change over time. And what we've really tried to do is figure out what's the essence of what we enjoy, which are those things I just said. It's not what we don't enjoy is like, you know, Google Sheets, that's not the thing. It's learning what the real essence of like what drives us. And those things change. And I think that's okay. So the things that you might die on a hill fighting for early on in your marriage of like, I want to go on tour or do these things, those things shift. And what we really try to do is just find what are the things that we really passionate about is, you know, creativity and technology. How do we fulfill our, our calling in that? Yeah, I think for me... I don't think there's really any one thing that I would say that we should have done differently. I think it was kind of jumping off what Nick said, knowing that seasons are seasons and that things will change and it might be really hard in the moment. That doesn't mean that, you know, it will stay that way forever. Um, You know, you grow, your interests grow, your child grows. Mm -hmm. Um, And sure, there's things that I wish I could change about that season, but I don't know that I would have dealt with them any differently in the moment than what I did then. So I think just taking what you have and um, trying to make the best decision and giving yourself grace to knowing that you're not going to always get it perfect and you can't do all the things that you hope you might be able to do in that moment and being okay with that. And now it's time for the breakdown. This is your host, Andre Schindelbarger. Take it away, Andre. (laughs) I see you're learning. You're learning. You're learning what I'm putting down. Well, I feel like they just said there's never a right time. So you should just do it. Have a baby. Right? (laughs) That's what we talked about. Um, No, I mean, I think she really brought into light the real hard part of that first year with a baby and how it changes so much. And then when you have your partner that's traveling or not there and um, the difficulties of being an entrepreneur, running your own company during those big transition times is just so hard. 
so hard. Oh, my co-host now? Oh, I'll get to add my voice in too. Any day you can speak up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think th- when they were talking, I was thinking about this. This is, we try not to be prescriptive, but I, I think I have a piece of advice I want to share. Oh, yes. I think there is a, this is based on my mistakes probably based on some of theirs also that they're sharing about. If you think that you're going to have the same, if you're going to, if you think you will be able to do the same amount of work in those first few months of having a baby as you did before you're wrong. Or also in the same way, in the same way. So if you're about to have a baby, you're preparing in some way to move forward in that direction. You have to kind of have a realization that you have to make some changes. Life is not going to be the same. And so if you're not going to make some changes, somebody's going to get hurt. Whether that's, if you, if you don't make the changes that work, then someone at home is going to get hurt. If you don't, you know, someone's going to get hurt. If you, if you don't make the changes at work, then you, you go all in on your baby stuff and then the people at work are going to be disappointed, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think in a, if you're in that season where you're preparing for this baby, and you don't take time to kind of go, guess what? Guess what, everybody? We can't do everything that we were going to do that we normally do before. You mm-hmm. kind of just have to have a moment of realization. You just have to make changes. You can't maintain all that in that season. It's just, it's just too difficult. Yeah, I hear you. I hear also them in the sense of, in so many people, there's, you know, in your head, that that's probably going to happen, but you don't feel the pain of it until you're in it and it's happening. Right. Yeah. I actually wrote down on my paper, knowing things have to change, but you keep doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And then it happens. And then you start feeling like I should have made a change and then trying to figure out how to make a change when you've already made these commitments. Ahead of time. Right. Knowing and doing versus feeling and changing. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. Because there, you know, there's all kinds of knowing, you know, it, we're telling you, you're hearing it, it's in your brain, but yet you are not where you feel it hurt you, hurt your spouse, hurt your business, hurt your home life yet. Mm. If you're not, you know, the other thing that Sarah said at the end, which we didn't unpack that much, but the last question she said, yes, I think it's possible, but you can't do it alone. She kind of just pinpointed that. And we have come to that realization ourselves too. Um, And in interviewing so many people, like if you're going to try to maintain all these things, then you are going to need some help. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, sometimes we, and we've shared, sometimes it's like something really simple that you need someone to help mow your lawn or someone to help, help you make them. It's like, I remember we were like, that first year we like um, ordered in more food than usual or ordered out, you know, like we went out to eat more and it was like, why? We just didn't have the energy to make a meal, you know, (laughs) or using Instacart, you know, why? Cause sometimes you just got to give yourself some break and you need some help. It doesn't necessarily always mean that you can have a nanny or all these other things that are very, very expensive, but maybe you just have to get someone to get your groceries for you this week. And that's not bad. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's good. Hmm. That's really good. Oh, they were wonderful. I hope that you learned something from this too. And well, I maybe just related. Like sometimes it's like, man, I needed someone to say what I'm feeling. Right? Yes, exactly. Like yeah. that you could just say me too. I feel that yeah. or I felt that. And then also those of you who are going into this season, mm-hmm. you know, of of having a baby soon or of, you know, this next phase of life, like, ooh. Listen to this, take note. Get yourself ready. Get ready. Make those changes now. Don't be hurt and Mm. broken and postpartum depression and feeling like you'll never survive and then make changes. Do it now. Yeah. Well, this is another incredible show of Andre Schinnebarger's expertise. Uh, you can join us next week. We have some exciting stuff coming. So many things over the next couple months um, that we cannot wait to share with you. We've got you. some great interviews coming your way, y'all. And um, man, this is great. Thanks for letting me be a guest on your show again. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. And that's another episode of Love or Work. Produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.